Hey, I know I say hey, sometimes I say hi, but hey, (laughs) and welcome to the fifth and final episode of this season of On the Couch with Pentalk, and I'm your host, Christine. As you should know, if you have been listening, our question for this season is, who taught you how to be a man? And on this episode, I sat down with 30-year-old Benjamin and he delved into how having a pastor as a father impacted and in some ways derailed his journey to manhood. So sit back and listen. Oh, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at pentalkuk. Now, and I think the fact that there's a lot going on right now even makes these questions I'm about to ask you that more important to to kind of articulate because I feel like we don't talk about these things enough Um, so yeah so I'm gonna go straight into it um so welcome Benjamin (laughs) um okay so in your opinion what does it mean to be a man um I believe a man is some of the the typical things a leader a protector um a strong backbone of the family um and, and in terms of strength having strength in not necessarily a brute a brutish way but rather being strong in can be it can range from different things being strong in a in in emotion um and being strong enough to show emotion when needed um and um being strong in support um being strong in faith whatever that faith may be um what else um yeah pillar one of the pillars of the of a community um and respectful to the people that they are around i think that because you know we live in a patriarchal society it doesn't that mean we abuse that that power that we have we're, we're still we're still respectful to to other people to women to children to other men we just i think that's something that we have to also um uh, abide by so yeah okay so you mentioned strength a lot so what does strength mm-hmm. mean to you i think to be strong is um, is to mm, I think to understand the power that you have and use it in the correct way, um, in not a manipulative way, not an abusive way, but to exert that power for for good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so did you have a father or at least a father figure growing up? Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, I still do, yeah. And what was your relationship like with your father then and how does it compare now? So we'll talk about growing up. What was your relationship like with your dad? Yeah, so my dad is a pastor. Um, he's been pastor for pretty much as long as I've been alive. So um, it was interesting because I think growing up I conflated my relationship with my dad with my my relationship with God um because 
it almost felt like they stood in the same place. Um, my dad w- was very stern growing up. He was um, quite reserved, but he, he only really became animated when he was on the pulpit preaching. Um, right. He was... Um, um, what, like, like quite quite masculine. Like he wasn't very emotional. Um, he, I found it difficult. There was an element of fear, not because he abused me in, a, in any way, but just because I feel like he had he held a status or held um, he had a demeanor about him that made it difficult for me to feel like, hey, I want to talk to you about how I feel about you know school or like what's going on in the world like it was almost like there are there are there is a um, separation between us in status and therefore um i i didn't feel like i had that kind of connection that i could have with him and i think i've conflated that with with god as well i think that with my relationship with god i think it made it difficult for me to pray or relate to god or be open with god because i felt like i hadn't developed a kind of open relationship that would I guess um encourage that so um I think growing up that's how it basically was um I think now that I'm older um there's been more scope I think for uh more communication a bit okay. more communications have been more open, but I still wouldn't say that we're tight. I still wouldn't say that there's um, a strong relationship there, a, a, like a super free relationship. I still feel like there are things, a lot of things that I can't say to him or speak to him about. Um, um, and yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I feel like that's, that's kind of how it's developed. And would you have wanted to have more of a, I guess, emotional connection with him? Yeah, I think definitely. I think, um, I think that would have been way yeah, definitely more preferred. I think I kind of began to. Most of my friends don't didn't either didn't know that their dads growing up or their parents were separated. So I almost kind of was like, oh well maybe my relationship with my dad isn't like really close but at least I have one around so maybe yeah. I should just find solace in that and just kind of like be content um and I think it's maybe the wrong mentality to have that, that you know growing up um so definitely I would have wanted I would have wanted um, a better a better relationship I think it was interesting because I think the only time really that mm, our kind of relationship features when we we're talking about football. Right. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, or how hyper masculine is that? Like, football is what brings us together. Um, but then outside of that, when we're talking about emotion, we're talking about fear, we're talking about all these other things, it's suddenly not so easy to talk to, to have a, um, a conversation about. So I would have definitely, I wished for a long time that my the relationship I had with my father in the moments when we're talking about football was consistent in all areas. Um 
So, yeah. Have just out of interest, have you ever sat down to kind of ask him why there was this disconnect in your relationship or have you just brushed it off? Have I ever sat down to ask him? Um, I, or I don't think directly, no. Okay. I think that was even... Yeah, I think we've had a, we've had a discussion about why maybe um, I felt like I couldn't tell him things at times. Okay. Um, but I don't think it was a a conversation really covering our relationship in full. Right. Um, yeah. Was that conversation well received though? The T kind of understand. Um, not really. Not particularly though. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because I was telling him that I felt like he was maybe quite, well, that can be quite headstrong as well. So I think I was telling him that, you know, to, you know, at times he can be quite headstrong and makes it difficult for me to open, be open about. We're talking about specific things. My saying is, this is why it makes it difficult for me to be open about this thing. And he, yeah, he didn't take it well because he felt like I was, I guess, attacking. And I guess that is, I guess, you know, it's the kind of, broader thing with African parents is like you tell them they're doing something wrong and they instantly or they t- you tell them that something they're doing isn't effective and this state suddenly become really defensive because it's like how can you tell me you're my child blah 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 stuff yeah so and I've ended up going down that route and I was kind of just like yeah I don't think that's a conversation we can have if right. we can't even kind of find resolution on in one area how are we gonna you know find a resolution on a broader scale so yeah so that must have been difficult for you yeah it was it was definitely difficult but I think um it's a weird I guess it's a weird thing about masculinity that it's just like so you just accept you just accept things you just accept that your relationship with another man is is just how it is right you don't always we don't probe or try and seek out something better because it's you know it's not super detrimental and you're used to it as well and I'm not talking about abusiveness um, yeah like something in this case I have for example I have friends who we don't talk often (laughs) at all and we're good friends and I think as good friends you should be able to communicate quite well like mm-hmm. or and at least semi regularly or frequently but we don't at all um and that's something that could be improved on but we we will never have that conversation because it's like yes it's some kind of a bit detrimental but it you know it's it's what it's always been so we just you know we just roll the punches and i just think mm-hmm. that's how men sometimes we settle for those kind of relationships with other men because it's just like well it's always been like that I, I I didn't die, so right. Yeah, interesting. If it was me, I'd be like, "Why do you feel this way?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, like, yeah, um, of course, like, I'd I'd one hundred percent want a better, wanted a a, a a a deeper relationship with him, one hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so on to positive things. Um, give me three words that you'd use to describe your father like positive three words that you'd use to describe your father 
um, intelligent, um, ambitious, and uh, well balanced. Okay. So intelligent, ambitious, and well-balanced. Yeah. Um, So off those three words then, did you at all feel inadequate? Did you feel like at any point in your life that you couldn't match up to those traits that he had shown you? I think, I think um, the ambition just because his ambition is, he's obviously, as I said, he was a pastor, so his ambition is rooted in the church. So he has all these really great ideas and targets and goals for how to develop the church how to spread the gospel how to be you know to win more souls and stuff and I think the spiritual aspect is why I've always felt inadequate when it came to when it came to him because being a pastor's child people have an expect well there's two conflicting expectations of, of you there's the church who say oh like so your dad's a pastor so you're going to be a pastor right 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 and then you have the world that's like oh like pastors children's 12 for pastors children are usually rebellious they're usually you know super sinful they're usually freaks they're usually this they're usually that so which kind of eventuality are you going to kind of pursue um and i think for the most part the the worldly kind of expectation didn't really I didn't really like subscribe to it like that um I think it was more what the church and what because my dad never said I don't think my dad has ever said I want you to be a pastor I don't think he's ever directly said to me I want you to be a pastor he said that he wants us to be you know um committed Christians he said that we want us to be committed to the church he was said he wants us to you take the gospel seriously but he's never said I want you to be a pastor it's everyone else but right. just off of that, like, it's always been a thing, like, yeah. Um, um, being, trying to, I'm watching him preach and I'm like, wow, I, I'm watching him quote scripture. I'm watching him apply scripture to certain situations. I'm watching him uh, speak in tongues and I'm just like, like, how would I ever to get, it's literally like, I don't know if I'll ever get to that level. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. I always felt, inadequate in that sense spiritually when compared how did to you him. how did you deal with that inadequacy um i think for the most part i analyzed it um i don't particularly f- feel like i spoke to him about it i didn't speak to family about it i think when i was at uni um i I, that's when I became born again in uni and um and I began to feel like oh okay cool this is a maybe um a, a, an achievable goal perhaps because I was really you know how it is when you first get born again like, yeah. you're on fire everything is like you know really like uh, you're tapped in you're properly locked into the spirit and everything so I was like okay cool like I'm be- I feel like I'm I can see the path that my dad t- took but I think when it started to fall off a bit um it just seemed again like an unachievable goal and I think it reflected a lot in there so I write I write and perform poetry so it took it if you look at a lot of my poetry it's, it's 
that's a very consistent topic is this thing of god i i believe in you i have faith in you i call myself a christian but i always feel like i'm falling short i always feel like i'm not reaching your standards um and i think that's just been something that i've had to work with internally um trying to i think i've the only time i've really expressed it is through poetry like that's when i've really got down to the kind of specific ways in which I feel inadequate in that sense. Um, And yeah, it's probably rooted in that. Interesting that there's like an intrinsic link between your relationship to your father and then your relationship to God. That's, Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So who then taught you how to be a man? So with this answer you can talk about your father obviously and then you can also talk about other maybe models of masculinity that have like come and gone in your life yeah um yeah i mean i think my dad i think my me and my 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 father and i we have similarities and i think there are things that i've adopted from him i think i've adopted his um reserved and calm demeanor um, I think he's, I've kind of adopted the, or understood from him that power doesn't mean throwing things around and saying I'm strong. Like it's, it's something that people can just feel from you. People can just feel in your countenance. Um, and it's probably more powerful when you have that when you you're able, when you kind of have that kind of internal power that just it's just you just said emit it um mm-hmm. rather than having to do a overtly powerful things to show it um i think yeah i think those are the things i've kind of learned from him um obviously learning that as a man that being in tune with the spirit being backbone of the family being a figurehead being a leader it's key and as i said we live in a patriarchal society so i think from him i kind of learned that you know use your privilege for good do you know what i mean right. like, yeah use the powerful the power that you have um for, so outside for, of him for, was there anyone else um so outside of him um I really, I really, I was a very big fan of, fan of Will Smith. Okay. Enough, I, I really, <laughs> that was my guy. Like, and I think, I think because as well, what did he teach me about being a man? Well, I think he grew up before our eyes, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. We grew, up, we grew up, we grew up watching Fresh Prince. We grew up watching his early films and just watching him grow up and like become older and stuff. And I think seeing how much he achieved and, Going from, you know, uh, chasing, you want, wanting to chase his goals in music to begin with, and then it all going wrong for him, and then having another lifeline, and it going wrong for him quite early in his life, then having another lifeline to do Fresh Prince, and then, you know, that be snowballing into other things. I think creatively, I think that inspired me as a man because i'm very i'm ambitious i'm a creative um there are 
multiple things that he he's somebody that does multiple things i'm someone that does multiple things um and it kind of set a standard for the most part he's i mean there are definitely things that i don't agree with what he said in the past but for the most part he's been a role model to a lot of people yeah. he's not he's not he's not super wayward like that do you know what i mean so um yeah i think i've I gained things from him growing up um trying to think if there's anyone else shout out to will smith <laughs> yeah yeah big shout out big, big shout out to will smith um trying to think I think I think that's that's all I can think. I think my dad, yeah, I think my dad definitely molded for the most part. Okay, molded, molded who I was, who I okay. who I've become. Okay, so um, at the beginning, I asked you um, what you perceive manhood to be, um, uh-huh. and at any point in your life, have you ever fallen short of those things? So I know I remember you mentioned strong quite a lot. So have you yeah. ever felt weak? yeah I feel, weak. I feel weak probably more than i care to admit um okay and i guess that's the issue with uh, this is the reason why men our suicide rate is so crazy because we feel weak and we don't know what to do we've never been given an action plan for what you do we've always been told what to do in order to be strong but we've never been told what to do when we, when we feel weak um and i think multiple times I feel weak I've <clears throat> I felt weak when I've lost jobs I felt weak when I've been turned down for opportunities um when I've uh, been in relationships and they've broken down um there's so many so many opportunities so many not opportunities but so many instances where I have I've felt weak and I've felt like I'm not um I don't know. I'm letting the letting the side down, or I'm not being the man that I'm supposed to be. Um, you, it, it comes at some. It, it literally comes to a head a lot. Uh, I turned thirty last year, and there's this big kind of um, feeling that comes with being thirty. It's like, okay, it's like, okay, so now you're now you're you're a man before, but now you're a man. Not really a man, yeah. and so there are these t- targets, these goals that you've set yourself throughout your twenties. That you know, by thirty, I need to have done this, but I need to have done that. And the reality is that most people won't achieve those, those things before thirty, because thirty, in the grand scheme of things, is still quite, is still quite young. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but we 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 put this whole thing when you, I think it's because we've spent so much, so much of our life not like being young at this age that you or being perceived as a teenager or something or a young adult that we look at 30 as wow okay that's really a, a big milestone but and then therefore we need to have everything figured out so i think all those kind of feelings that have been inserted into the the age um it's it's felt disappointing to me when I mean definitely last year I felt disappointed in some parts. Where I was like, well, I haven't achieved certain things that I thought I would have by this age. Um, so am I really a man? Like, like is this is this what manhood looks like at thirty? And um, it's 
there's no road, there's no official roadmap for what for what manhood looks like at each age, at at each milestone. Like everyone's destiny is different, everyone's path is different. So that's definitely another tight time where I felt weak. Um, and how do you deal with that? How do you deal with moments where you feel weak or moments where you feel disappointed in the fact that maybe you haven't done X, Y, Z at a certain stage? Um, again, this is this stuff that unfortunately it gets internalized. I think if obviously in prayer, yeah, definitely it, it you talk to God about it, and there are definitely many nights where I, I was, you know, kneeling before God, asking for guidance and and asking for strength because I felt like I had none. Um, but it's difficult. Like if you don't, sometimes I feel like it's easier to confide in women, right? When talking about your weaknesses or when you feel weak, than it is about than than it is when you're like trying to confide in another another man of a, a male friend a male figure in your life is i feel like women are more nurturing and more understanding and more emotionally intelligent and therefore like they are able to maybe give you um the response that you you need as opposed to like speaking to one of your guy friends that they're like yeah, that's mad, you know. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> mad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you want to hear that when you're saying, I feel weak. I feel like I want to give up. I feel like I'm not achieving my goals. You don't want someone to be like, oh, that's mad. You want someone to try and understand you. You yeah. want someone to try and be empathetic. Um, but yeah, if you don't have, if you don't have a woman or women in your life that you can confide in like that, outside of prayer, you internalize it. So that is unfortunate but it's the it's have the you ever called your friends out like have you ever been like listen bro i really want to talk about this thing i don't want to hear you say oh yeah sorry man but i actually want you to listen and you know um, cover me nurture me or have you just nah. been like nah <laughs> nah i think it's i think it goes back to the thing what i was saying earlier about a lot of the time and we just accept that our relationships with each other are just the way they are. Right. So we don't, a lot of the time we don't, we're not like trying to seek out change unless it's something that's super, super detrimental. But if it's not, we're just like, it is what it is kind of thing. We deal with it. We've, we've been, we've been taught masculinity is one of toxic masculinity even is, um one of the mantras of it is like having you know firm it something happens firm it deal with it carry it on your shoulders do you know i mean roll with the punches all those kind of phrases is like so it's kind of like oh this is how it is so just keep it moving you just have to to keep it moving do you know i mean and this is why like we internalize so much we keep it moving keep moving until we can't and we internalize the stuff and it affects our mental health and then as i said we have male suicide rates skyrocketing and people not being able to explain why but it's just because we don't we don't actively try and seek out environments that allow us to be weak 
or we don't actively seek out safe spaces. We right. don't challenge people in our lives to, to provide those safe spaces for us. So we just carry everything on back and we're just like, yeah, well, we're, we're men. So this is what we're it supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Scary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you grappling your perception of manhood affect your relationship with other men? So I guess this question is just trying uh-huh. to um, find out whether you've had to play up to like a masculine stereotype around other men or, or mm. um do you know what? I think I think definitely the way I don't think I ever played up to it but I was very much aware of the way masculinity is to masculine men and toxic masculinity um it's how it kind of rears its head when it comes to women, when it comes yeah. to dealing with women, when it, um, that kind of thing. And um, there's obviously, there is um, a feeling of women being expendable when you're, in a, a, when you're with other men in terms of, well, you know, you can treat a woman a certain way and if she's not, if she's not feeling it, if she's not happy and she kicks up a fuss, you can just toss her to the side and find right. someone new, that right. kind of thing. Okay. Or um, mistreating women, not necessarily physically, but more emotionally in the sense where, and I don't even necessarily mean gaslighting, but just like not being, or, be, or being, not being emotionally present to them. So them... You know, when you get these kind of like, you get guys saying, oh, like, oh, she was talking better, I wasn't trying to hear that kind of thing, or like, yeah. you know, when you see all these memes of like women like sending a, an essay on WhatsApp and stuff. <laughs> and then the <laughs> and guy's the like, guy okay. Like, yeah, okay, or what do you mean? Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. something like that. And like, it's, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that. And guys will like laugh about it and stuff like that. In, their, think, in and, their guy groups, they'll laugh about yeah, it. Yeah, of course, in their guy groups and stuff. And I think sometimes, it's almost you maybe you're encouraged to like kind of follow suit and stuff right, but I don't think right. I've ever I think I don't think I've ever played up to that because I think it's you can't do that to people you, you can't you can't do that to, to 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 women you cannot um you have to understand I think we're very we're very aware of the fact that men and women are, are emotionally different and sometimes that's abuse because it's like well we're just like, well, I don't know why you're making all this noise because I don't get what you're trying to say. Instead of being like, you know what, we see things differently, but let me try and understand. Yeah. Um, so I think situations definitely with women is where a lot of the time men have like are encouraged to play up to like a certain toxic masculine masculine um, persona um, to show that we are men. And, you know, if one woman is doing something, they're being annoying we'll just discard them and collect another one and this and that and you know i can i can do this i can cheat i can do whatever because i'm a man and no one's going to tell me nothing and that that's that stuff is is very dangerous and it's yeah. it's not right and it's but it's it's perpetuated all the time okay and um how did you grapple in your perception of manhood affect your relationship with um with women um, specifically women you've had like a romantic interest in? Um, I think, 
I think it's may, I mean, I, I think I've been, I, I, as I said, like my, my dad is someone who, I guess I model my masculinity on. And I think because he's quite well balanced, he's not, you know, a dictator. He's not like hyper, hyper masculine in, in, for the majority of, of his, the majority of his, of his personality is not hyper masculine. So I think I don't tend to approach romantic relationships with, I'm the boss. I definitely, mm, uh, like I don't try and do, too, I don't try and do overtly obvious things to make it like, oh, I'm the man. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, so I'm in charge here. I think it's just, it comes through in just who I am and my interactions. Um, and I think I try and avoid some of the toxic masculine traits that maybe have been drilled into me, like the whole thing we're talking about, like being trying to be emotion trying trying to be emotionally present as opposed to absent um and um yeah i guess trying to find middle ground trying to be understanding um uh, i think but i think what's been difficult as well is the fact that because men don't communicate we don't tend to communicate our feelings there are um may there have been many occasions where I haven't been forthcoming with how I feel mm-hmm. or what's going on with me. Um and it's been unfortunately it's come it's put me at a disadvantage when it within within those relationships. Um and it obviously it had, it takes its toll on the on the woman as well because they were dead women will want to try and understand the person that they're seeing um, or romantically involved in and if they can't then it's it's a problem um so i definitely think like that aspect has been probably a big one like me not communicating enough um yeah okay um and obviously you're changing that right (laughs) yeah Okay. Um, do you think there's a heavy burden on black men in particular? Um, and by burden, I mean like expectation to be all things or, or what do you think? Um, so I think it's, there are, I think there are levels to it. I think there are, like, there are expectations. There's a, there's a burden to be, if you're talking just in general, black for for black people in general to have to work harder, to have to tone down things when tone down the way who how they are when it comes to um, being in majority white spaces, just because if you even raise your voice a bit too much or you're a bit too vigorous in your movement, all of a sudden you're trying to kill people or you're being <laughs> aggressive, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely that. There's negative expectations on black men, definitely, like being criminalized, um, the whole kind of superhuman black theory of, you know, people being like, well, he's black, so it means he could probably has the strength of 10 men. So therefore, whatever, if he says he's in pain, for so in medical circumstances, if he says he's in pain, he's probably 
probably not in pain or if he's in banter in the in in the in the office where men are like white men are saying oh yeah like, i wouldn't want to jump i wouldn't want to bump into him in a dark alley because he would rip my head off kind of thing just like all that kind of stuff or like police officers taking like 12 people to take down a black man do you know what i mean um so there's there those those kind of racial in terms of like externally from other races looking in um in terms of from other black people um from black women uh, is there um what are the expectations like i think it varies i think unfortunately a lot of black men are not present in their children's lives and therefore sometimes when a black man is actually present people applaud them and it's like well that's his job he's supposed to be yeah he's supposed to be in, in that person's life or um they are, I don't know, they're into something to do with literature, for example, and it's like, oh, yeah, this, that's different. And I was like, well, no, it's not. No. Okay, yeah, okay. People, people write and <laughs> people are, <laughs> people, this is this a thing that humans do, do you know what I mean? Like, um, so. So there are varying degrees of like expectation. Yeah, but definitely varying. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes surprise. Okay. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's both external and internal, but there's definitely levels to it. Okay. Um, okay, so you mentioned writing. So when when people see you as a black writer, black poet, do you do you um, get do you feel like people like wow he's a black man he's writing wow he's a black man he's deep like or what's the <laughs> what's the general um reception like um i think i think because uh, i mean i can't take it out of context so i think there was a period of time where in the uk or london at least where loads of black men were getting into poetry um and right. it was just a thing that they were doing um I think when once that's kind of died down, people a lot of people tend tend to think that me being a poet is for self gain, or it's for me to it's used as a as a vehicle to get women attract women. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I find that I actually find it really annoying because I'm just like, how have you minimalized it to that? Right. Do you know what I mean, um, like this thing of like all. Every, every, anything that um, a man or a black man does is because he's trying to attract women and it's like yeah I know a lot of black men that that's, their sole purpose is just to attract women but like I think there's so much more in being a writer and being a black writer than trying to attract, attract the opposite sex um, mm. so yeah there's that um, so do you yeah. do you write for for women then I don't write for <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I don't write for women I, I don't write, write for women no I think <laughs> I think when I started in my t- as a teenager it was something I began to do for my already girlfriend okay but it was never I'm going to use this to get girls I don't think I've ever used poetry <laughs> Like this thing has to die. Yeah, you know, the, the, the subconscious, the, the subconscious always does things that we're not aware of. So you never know. 
no, no, no. The subconscious is very aware of what's going on. Everybody is aware of what's happening. Like, yeah, it's not. It's really not that. Like, it's 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 poetry is is cathartic for me. It's expressing the things that I will never be able to say. Um, okay. Or I've been feeling, and I've never been able to vocalize. That's mm-hmm. what it is for me. If women like that, that's the that's the that's something separate. That's down to them. But okay. it's it's always been about trying to express myself. Um, yeah so okay that was so off topic but (laughs) um what has been a man taught you about yourself about myself I think Mm -hmm. that there are loads of things I need to unlearn as a man right there are so many things that we've been taught like like I said before the the hand kind of thing of you must anything that happens to you, you you know you tense up you firm it you um take it on the chin that thing is not healthy um the whole thing of showing emotion um it's okay to show emotion i'm not saying cry every day but there are times where men should be allowed to cry and it's not ridiculed um i mean i say this but i haven't cried in a while but you haven't cried in like 1500 years (laughs) (laughs) but it's but it's true like is these these are things that and I think as society is becoming more progressive, so there are we're seeing more initiatives now that are allowing are teaching men to be like, yeah, it's okay to to cry, it's okay to show emotion. I think communication as well, it's like it's really important that we communicate. Like honestly, we are killing ourselves just because we haven't had anybody to to speak to about the deeper things that are happening in our lives or because we feel like if we say, you know, we're weak, that someone's going to be like, oh, but you're supposed to be a man. Men aren't weak. So if you can't deal with this, then I guess you're not a man. Like, our manhood is so important to us. Like, the worst, some, I feel like the worst thing you can do to a man is make him feel like he's not a man. Yeah. You will, you will literally die emotionally that day, like, because it's so difficult to, there are so many standards that we've been drilled with as we're growing up that this is what man is this is what man is this is what man is so when you do when you're unable to reach those a lot of them are unachievable you try and reach those unachievable goals it's like so what what even am i do you know what i mean yeah um so being able to understand that we are our own men right you know and we have our own destinies um, and not to be crippled by somebody else's expectation. Um, there, we ha- yeah, that's just, I think those, those are the things that I've been learning that is that I need to unlearn a lot. And I'm constantly unlearning um, these things as I grow up. And I probably will continue to. So, yeah. That's a good look then. I have to try, man. Okay. So, last question. Um, what are the things that you would pass on to your son? Um, so plural. Um, that power is not a sword that you swing around. Um, it's one that can be on your belt and people can just see from a distance people can feel its presence right. it's something it's something that shouldn't be wielded it's something that is just inherent um that um it's 
okay to talk about how you feel that it's really and it doesn't and and not to provided it's a safe space like not to feel like you're you are discrediting your manhood if you if you say that you struggle you're struggling with something or you're trying to struggling with achieving something you're struggling with being strong whatever um that um we probably that we'd need to we like at any age of his life he needs to uphold his uphold the women in his life mm-hmm. um and because you know we we say it all the time but it's not a joke like behind every man is like an, an even stronger woman do you know what i mean and we need to we need to we need to take care of we need to take care of our women do you know what I mean? We can't be treating them anyhow. And I know that, you know, there have been times where I've I've treated somebody badly and I know that, that my sons will not be perfect, that no man's perfect. There'll be some point where they'll they'll mess up. But the goal has to be that women are not items, they can't be discarded easily, that they are to be listened to, they are to be um cherished and upheld um and loved. And um, yeah, not objectified. Okay. Wow. So you went through all the questions. Did that feel like therapy? <laughs> <laughs> um, a bit. There were a bit. I think so. Certain things. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't actually realize they were linked as I, I was. I was speaking. But yeah. Okay. I well, was... thank you so much for your time and for expressing yourself. Um, thank you for having me and hopefully we'll have you back on the couch with pen talk soon yeah all right i'm gonna stop recording now (laughs) did that feel like therapy i hope it did so that was the last episode of the season i know i know and i loved how benjamin spoke about the self-work required to unlearn toxic behavior so important as human beings to do the work, confront ourselves and our behaviours so we can foster better relationships. And that's what Pen Talk is all about, from our events and now our podcast. Thank you to all the men who sat down with me and answered the season question of who taught you how to be a man? And I know I learned so much and I hope you did too. Let's continue the conversation over on Instagram at PenTalkUK. DM us your thoughts and let us know if you want to be part of the next season. I'm Christine, founder of Pentalk, and I've been your host. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at IamCrow. That's I-A-M-C-R-O-E. See you next season.